I'm Aspen. And I'm Josiah. And this is Asking for a Friend. A podcast about restoring people's hearts through sharing each other's stories. Where every week we have a new conversation with a new friend. Cause I'm asking for a friend. On this episode, we have our good friend, our brother in Christ, mm-hmm. a creative genius. Okay. And I think a, a very wise man. Yeah, yeah. Cody Turns is here. What's up? What's up? What's up? I feel like my love tank is already filled up. Great. Just from words of affirmation. So Encouragement is my number one love language. Really? Yeah, oh, so. good, good. How are you doing, Cody? How's your day going? Uh, my day is going, it's going all right. It's been okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's had uh, ups and downs for sure, but I'm doing really well, guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing awesome. really well despite life's curveballs. So. Hey, life throws some curveballs. Oh balls. yes, yeah. oh yes, that's for sure. Yeah, we should talk about those curveballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was in the hospital at the first oh. part of the year. <laughs> wow. My appendix burst. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know that it had burst. So for several days. I was walking around with a busted appendix and it was like seeping <gasps> all of the lovely bacteria oh, like no. into other parts of my Like you didn't um, feel it stomach. at all? It was just there? No, no, I felt like I had this. Um, this is really, really honest for a podcast for everyone that's just <laughs> meeting me for the first time. We're just but diving straight in yeah, the first um, couple minutes. <laughs> sorry if this is grossing anyone out. But um, yeah, so I thought I had this bad infection for the mm-hmm. longest time. And it turned out that my appendix actually burst. And so oh my gosh. I was going to walk-in clinics and they were like, take this antibiotic and nothing was working. Mm-hmm. And doing all the tests and everything like that. And then finally it was so bad that um, I was like shivering, but also fevering at like 103 um, one night and then like could hardly walk. And I was like, Alex, I need you to back on my car right now. And like, (laughs) like Caitlin's going to come get me and I got to go to the emergency hospital. And so went to the emergency hospital and they were like, you burst your appendix. And it's probably been busted for a couple of days. So got surgery, and for six to seven days, I was just chilling in a hospital. Wow. Just listening to worship music, crying, mm. watching uh, a lot of Bubba Fett on yeah. Disney+. Plus. Solid, solid. Um, and getting lots of love, obviously, from people at the church and everything like that. That's but awesome. um, I also tested positive for COVID. Oh, like no. when I went in oh, the man. same day that I tested <laughs> negative yeah. at a walk-in clinic. Um, but I'll stop there. Yeah, so I got put up in the COVID unit, and so I wasn't able to have any visitors and stuff like that. And they came in in like the Darth Vader outfits to like oh check me out and everything like that. And I was just like, please, I just need some human connection. Someone just like love me. I'm in like a low point in my life. Anyways, so that was a gnarly beginning part of the year, and then got married like two months later. So wow, wow. that's awesome. It's a lot of change. Yeah. So <laughs> highs, highs and lows for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about where you came from, where you grew up, just yeah. who you are as a person. So I'm from this mystical place called North Dakota that I grew up an hour from Canada. And I think, let's see, Wiz Khalifa was born on my airbase. Also... I mean, you might have to Wikipedia that, but <laughs> also Josh Duhamel or Josh Dumal. Those are probably the greatest things besides myself, wow. obviously, that yeah. have come out of Minot, <laughs> out of North Dakota. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, so 
from North Dakota, I just grew up skateboarding and playing music, essentially. That was like my main gig was just listening to Third Eye Blind and trying to learn (laughs) Blink-182 songs on guitar while reading tabs. So that was basically my upbringing. It was pretty humble beginnings, but I love North Dakota. It's like pleasantly out of touch is the the one way I can describe it. And so it's like really nice for... Mm -hmm times like these which can be a little crazy so yeah yeah what were some uh some experiences as a kid that you feel really shaped who you are and where you are in life right now yeah that's a really good question um i would say probably the first concert i ever went to which it's gonna sound a little cheesy because like (laughs) it was the newsboys but like there was mine was was toby max was it okay okay, cool all right cool i don't feel so goofy but um mine was under oath we love oh nice (laughs) so we know who the badass of the podcast Uh, is (laughs) so i did drive to i i drove to fargo after i think it was my junior year in high school and watched under oath play with this band called the bled yeah do you know who that is no oh they're sick (laughs) they're sick the bled and then a band called vedera and it like changed changed my life. So I remember seeing them junior year. And I think that was, I think it was right after, um, define the great line. Yeah. Is that the one after the main big one that blew up? Anyways, define the great line is the one with the triangles. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's the one with, can you hear your heart? No, it's the one with, uh, anyways, let's move on. Um, (laughs) sorry. So yeah, I was at this newsboys concert. I actually didn't watch the newsboys. I watched this band called beanbag, which sounds really silly. But they were basically awesome. this like Quite the name. they're basically this like Christian Limp Biscuit version. Oh, that's um, awesome! <laughs> and like me being this, uh, I don't even know if I was in middle school yet. Just watching people crowd surf and just watching this like hard rock band mm-hmm. with the energy that they were giving off in this like air dome. It was in a giant like blow up dome. Oh, cool! Mm-hmm. And it was in my hometown, and so obviously there was thirty thousand people in my hometown, and like we don't get like a ton of concerts and stuff like that. And so, so everybody showed up. So yeah, people were like, oh, "There's a concert, cool, let's go!" and uh, and Sonic Flood played. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All the classics. All the classics. And uh, so I remember that being like a really marking time for me. And I remember going to talk to them at their merch table. And that was, it was just huge because it was an energy that I loved. And that obviously I, I was an aspiring musician. And like, I just thought they were so cool. Like I thought they were so, so epic. And so that was a huge probably defining moment I think for me when I was really really young so so you you mentioned the ups and the downs can you tell me about maybe one of the biggest transitions you've had that has transformed who you are and and impacted you probably moving to Nashville Mm. that was probably like the biggest one um so I grew up playing in hardcore bands in my early 20s I was like the lead singer screamer yeah all that (laughs) And um, elder emos, elder emos. <laughs> yes, I was a I was an emo kid, and um, you know we thought we were gonna get signed to a label or, or whatever, and do that life for you know mm. ten years until everybody turns thirty, and then you do a reunion tour like one last yeah. time. Um, but uh, I ended up actually going into the ministry, ended up mm. becoming a full time worship pastor and full time youth pastor. I did that for about almost eight years. And all the while I was writing and recording my own stuff. And it was just 
pop ballads. It was really like Coldplay-ish type sounding stuff. And mm -hmm. I was learning how to use Logic and I was using yeah. all these stock <laughs> Uh, synths on logic and, mm -hmm. and it was uh, like I was probably 25 around that time mm -hmm. and I just remember feeling like the Lord was leading me to either Nashville or LA and mm -hmm. so when I was 29 actually when I was 28 I was in a rental car driving to see my friend in Arkansas and it's the only time I ever have heard the like the Lord speaks so clearly mm. and it wasn't like this audible voice, you know, it wasn't like, you know, Jesus being baptized and like the, the clouds <laughs> open up yeah. and like, this is my beloved mm. son. But, uh, I felt the Lord really, really speak clearly in, in my spirit. And he goes, you can move to Nashville mm. in the summer if you want. Mm. That's literally what the Lord That's said. He's cool. like, if you want, That's and awesome. I was like, wait, what? Like, you're supposed to say like, move to Nashville. Yeah like in June, you know, of 2017. But he was just like, hey, if you want, you can move to Nashville. In, mm, so it was more of this, a release. The, yeah, I have a little bit of a, a theory about it. I feel like if the Lord would have said like, do this, like I, I hate to say that I would have disobeyed the Lord, but I think the Lord knows that I have this desire to feel like I'm free and mm, making a choice. Yeah. This may get yeah. really theological no, and feel, philosophical really quick, it's but great. like, I feel I feel a sense that God was sort of giving me this option of um, if you want to stay in your hometown, you know, and do ministry and just play, uh, you know, bars or whatever shows you want to do, that's cool. But if you want to move to Nashville, like you have that option. But I believe ultimately God wanted me to move to yeah. Nashville, and and um, yeah, because I was really wrestling. I was going back and forth, you know, and mm -hmm. and when you're in North Dakota and you're on staff at a church and you are saying, I'm going to go be a rock star in Nashville. People are like, he's gotten too carnal. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's wrong with these desires? <laughs> you know? So um, I was really wrestling through a lot of things. So I would say moving to Nashville in 2017 mm. was a huge shift in my life. Mm. So how did your heart shift as your life shifted? <sighs> That's a great question. Um, I think I really had to find a new sense of identity, mm. you know? Because when you're in a small town, everybody knows you. They know you as this singer, worship leader, pastor, youth pastor guy. I think I had to find a new sense of identity in God, you know, mm. because, mm -hmm. um, it, I mean, nobody knows you in Nashville. You yeah. know what I mean? Like nobody knows who you are, or what you do. And I was like, yeah, I play guitar and I play drums and I do all these things. And then I would see people play guitar and I'd be like, I don't really play guitar, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. 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 You know? so, um, yeah, but I, I, I really had to go deep in the place of just kind of refining myself mm -hmm. a little bit. And mm -hmm. so I wrote a lot of music. I just learned how to kind of work logic and yeah, mm -hmm. I sang fun. a lot of, uh, one Republic karaoke songs, like, right. you know, <laughs> to like develop my voice and, um, yeah, so. So as you as you move to Nashville and you're surrounded with all these really talented musicians, yeah, and just like most musicians that move to Nashville, they go, "Oh crap, maybe yeah. I'm not as good as what I thought yeah. I was." Yeah, yeah. How did you navigate that emotionally and spiritually as you're going through that inferiority complex of sorts? Wow, seeing everybody else around you. Great question. Great question. <laughs> um, well, for sure, it makes you better. You mm -hmm. know, for sure, it, it mm -hmm. forces you to learn how to swim, you know, mm -hmm. in the heavier current. And uh, 
Yeah, I think what helped me emotionally was I really found what I was actually good at. I kind of quit wasting my time with trying to be semi good at everything. I mm-hmm. kind of started learning that I had a pretty cool voice that was unique um, because I was getting asked to sing on uh, electronic tracks and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. I was getting hired on as a work for hire. And like people thought I had a really cool voice. So I was like, okay, cool. I have a cool voice. I have some sort of personality. I can learn how to engage a room. You know, I'm probably called to maybe be a lead singer or front man or whatever, but, and I can play guitar, you know, I can like decently play guitar. And those were kind of ways that I just learned to just accept myself. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. have to be the greatest, you know, shredder on guitar. I didn't have to be the greatest songwriter, even though I write songs. I love writing songs Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that. And, so those were a couple things. I think spiritually, I just had to root my identity in like who Jesus says that I am, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. how, how spiritual do we want to go? However, on we just want to, we want you to share I feel like, you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really just had to allow God to define who I was and I had yeah. to kind of learn to just find out what my personality was. You know, there was no way I could be anybody else. I just like had to be myself. So, That's yeah. cool. you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's been through that journey, I'm sure. So, yeah. Speaking of yes. journeys and all that, <laughs> yeah. you do music. Um, yes. So I'm in a band called yeah. Young in a Million with my bestie, Alex Christopher Hayden. He's chilling over there right now. What else? What else? Tell us why, why, why Young and a Million? Why do you do music? What's the goal? Well, music is obviously, you know, everybody says this, but like music is the greatest unifier. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. everybody can come together over music, you know? And I mean, obviously for me, I love seeing people united at shows. Mm -hmm. I love seeing the energy of people gathered together jumping up and down or or like going crazy or whatever like that is a huge huge motivator for me and like music is such a brilliant secret weapon because you can package something in a way that's palatable for people and you can also speak a message to them Mm -hmm. that you may also you you may not be able to tell them just if you told them directly Mm -hmm. and so it's like comedy you know it's easier to speak the truth when you're laughing yeah you know and so it's easier Mm -hmm. to receive the truth when you're connecting emotionally with the song yeah Mm -hmm. and so that's Mm -hmm. a, a huge motivator and honestly i mean it's the only thing that i was decently good at yeah you know so um Yes, yeah, so so young in a million, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I know you've, I don't really know your whole story when it comes to this, but I know yeah. that you've been through a lot relationally mm-hmm. and you recently got married. I did. Congratulations. I found my sweetheart. Thank yeah. you so much. So you can, can you tell Love us a you, little? Love you, baby. Caitlin. <laughs> Turnus, now Turnus. Anyways. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about your journey in that regard, meeting Caitlin, maybe before that. Yeah. How'd you know you were ready for marriage? So I was an idiot. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, not that bad. Um, the journey was I've always wanted to be married. I thought I was going to get married when I was 20 something. Yeah. Like early 20s. And super big romantic, you know, a big 
just a big hopeless romantic and just had been through so many relationships that were just really unhealthy and like really me mm. pouring out into something that wasn't very reciprocal, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. um yeah, it's so amazing. You spend so much time investing in things that you think should work and then the right one comes along and you're like this is you're like, like oh. I, didn't, I didn't know life could be <laughs> yeah. this amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. and um but yeah, with Caitlin it was like everything that I have wanted, you know, this sounds a little bit over cliche, but like everything that I wanted in a spouse was there and more, yeah. you know? And it yeah. was like, God gave me more than what I was asking for, you yeah. know? And um, what's cool is we wrote a song. We wrote a song called mm-hmm. Keep Your Loving" about three years ago, two years ago. And the whole song is just me singing kind of, you know, to borrow a Christian term, like prophetically mm-hmm. to this spouse that I knew that I was going to meet one day and saying, Hey, I, I want to actually keep my loving for you. Like I want to mm. keep my emotional energy. I want to keep like yeah. myself, my, my heart, like for you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it's obviously her favorite song, Caitlin's favorite song now, but yeah, it, it's cool how we've seen as a band, the power of singing your future mm. kind of into existence. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. So yeah, it's been amazing ever since. So we're a little over two months in and it's definitely been a journey, mm-hmm. uh, but there's nobody else I'd rather do it with. That's than, awesome. Than That's great. Caitlin, so. That's great. Yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. What area in your life do you feel the Lord has restored recently? I would say, I would say my dad, because God has done mm-hmm. a lot with my dad. Um for many years, you know, I perceived that my dad didn't really support me doing music mm-hmm. as a career. Um, and understandably so. I, I know why he felt that way. He didn't really see a lot of money in it and things like that. And we really butted heads on a lot of things. And actually throughout my life, I've felt a lot of decisions I've made. My dad hasn't always understood, you know, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so there's been that push-pull, but what was really cool is when we went to go play the Hollywood Bowl, he came to see us. Oh, that's awesome. And he came to watch us uh, play and perform. And to have my dad be able to be there for such a huge, yeah. huge show for us, like mm-hmm. a, a landmark show for us, yeah. was really, 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 really special. Yeah, there's this lyric in Sometimes where I said... Um, I still don't think that he really believes in me. All of my friends could tell me how great I'll be. All I would need is support of a father. Mm. And I actually changed it at the Hollywood Bowl, like just kind of Bono style and (laughs) said like, I finally found the support of a father, Mm. you know? And so my dad has really kind of changed in the way that he's even related to me and been like, Hey, how's it going? Like, Mm. you know, just keep pressing on. And like, I'm glad you're getting out to do shows and all these things. And so, uh, it's been really, really cool. It's been like a really cool, cool restoration there. So for that, so That's it's awesome. possible. That is it's cool. possible. <laughs> it is. How have you, uh, this might be a question that more is, comes from, you know, my own story, but sure. um, how have you noticed God restoring relationships as you've grown older? Mm. You know, I think when you get older, 
you learn to value them a lot more. You just don't take them for granted as much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think as you get older, you almost invest in them more. Like Mm -hmm. I find myself investing in my family more and I find myself investing in friendships Mm -hmm. more and taking them really seriously because you just see how precious they are. Mm-hmm. Number one, because you're walking through life together and life gets really hard. So you, um, there's a closer, deeper relationship that you're forming mm-hmm. with people, you know, as you're doing life. And then also life can be super unpredictable, you know? And yeah. so um, life can be really fragile, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I find that I want to be just more engaged with people and um, have deeper relationships with people. I would say that's a huge one. That's awesome. You know? yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. like the heart of this podcast is yeah. to, to deepen the relationships, not just with our guests, but hopefully encourage yeah. our listeners to do the same. Yeah. So totally. what's something that you would say to somebody listening that is struggling with maybe a relational tension in their family? Oh, well, um, something you've first learned. off, I'm not a licensed counselor. <laughs> uh, um, struggling with relational, yeah, or like tension. how? What's something you've learned as you've struggled with it, and how can what you've learned help somebody? Yeah, I think what I would say is sometimes a lot of maybe what we struggle with in families can be perceived like, and it may not really be truth. Like, I think there was a lot of times when I was perceiving my dad Mm. rejecting something when really it wasn't necessarily that. And I've found that as you kind of set the table with vulnerability of, hey, I I really love you. I really care for you. And I want to actually be connected with you. Mm. It sets the table for the other person to be vulnerable back, you know, and it doesn't mean that they will, you know, there's always that risk. But I think as you set the table for it, it could open the door for like greater connection. That's one thing I would say. That's so good. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, that's great. Well, I think uh, I think that's about everything I have. Thanks, Cody, for sharing yeah, your story. Totally. And uh, really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Um, My pleasure. Follow you, Young you? A Million. Where can people find you? So my personal Instagram is at Cody Turnus. It's K-O-D-Y-T-E-R-N-E-S. And then at Young and a Million is our band. And youngandamillion.com is also like (laughs) our website. And we're on TikTok. All of it. All of the stuff. Facebook, you know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for (laughs) sharing your story. Yeah. Uh, Make sure you go listen to the bonus episode with Young and a Million. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's going to be good. Yeah. It'll be way more exciting. Yeah, and if you haven't already heard Alex's episode, make sure you go listen to that as well. That's right. Yeah, so there we are, asking for a friend. We'll talk to you next week or next time. We'll talk to you next time. (laughs) See you guys. Later. Cause I'm asking for a friend. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating and a comment to let others know that this is something worth listening to. We sincerely hope you can take some of these questions and the heart of this conversation back to your social circles. We really believe the world needs more authentic community, and that starts with honest conversations in our close relationships. One last thing, we have a website now, so head on over to friends4a.com. That's friends4a.com 
for guest bios, resources, and our Venmo and Patreon links. We appreciate you taking the time to listen and hope you join us for the next episode. Bye, y'all.